Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. It feels really good here this morning. The presence of the Lord in worship was uh, was very, very special. It's great to see all of you. My name is Craig. Uh, if you haven't met me yet, um, my, me and my, my wife, Crystal, have been coming here since uh, January of last year. And it has been uh, just such a joy, such a pleasure. So I'm going to start by praying, and, uh, and we'll jump in here. Father, Abba. Daddy, we have come to present ourselves to you. We just delight ourselves in you today. We thank you so much for being alive. We thank you that you're not a set of rules. We thank you that you're not a set of ideas, but that you're a living person that cares deeply about our stories. And Lord, that verse out of Job, where it said that you you stepped down and you spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. Abba, that's why we're here. Really not interested in listening to a person. We want you to step down. We pray in the name of Jesus to build your throne here. We pray in the name of Jesus to make your home here. We believe that you're in our midst and Holy Spirit, we pray right now, God, your heart, form Christ in us. Let the righteousness and the peace and the joy of your kingdom Break forth today as we have come to eat of the living bread of Christ, who he is, and who we are in him. God, I just right now, I want to boast in my weakness. Lord Jesus, I I am but clay. Lord, I'm a jar of clay. I've got no worth. But Lord Jesus, the riches of the knowledge of God you put in jars of clay And I ask you to just break me open like the alabaster box, God. And even now, let the fragrance of Christ just fill this place that we would walk away in awe of Jesus. Having encountered that man and left changed because of who you are. Surrender. Bless you. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm, so I'm so honored to be a part of this body. Um, I remember when I came, when Crystal and I came here, um, the first men's group that I was a part of, I had, I had to look at these men, and they were like great guys and loving the Lord, and they're anointed, and I had to literally just confess to them, like, I'm, I'm already angry at you <laughs> before I've met you, because I was coming with some pain, I was coming with some hurt, and I remember it was just, he was, it was Phil, actually, Phil was just like, I think there was an anointing on him. That was just provoking healing, and I had to just open up in front of these guys. Hey, I, I love the Lord, but I'm coming with just some different things. And they prayed for me, and they've loved me. This church has loved Crystal and I so well. And, and I just want to say, like, we got real significant healing that happened that night and healing that's happened over time. Uh, this body is such a gift. This is a great place to heal. This is a great place to get set on fire. I just want to say it openly. 214 is not the only one that's moving in the purposes of God. There are many different bodies that are, that are pressing in for the things of God. But that this is a very, very unique and wonderful place. And I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm just like, I feel like I got invited to the, the, the table with the cool kids. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, <laughs> like, oh, I belong, right? It's just such a good, and all of you belong. All of you are so, so valuable. And we're so grateful for each of you. When Heather um, approached me to ask if I could share um, uh, a version, I shared a production meeting notes for about five minutes. And she said, hey, could you bring that for about, you know, 20 minutes? And I was a little bit nervous because in this Whispers and Shouts series, Chris and, and Heidi have brought 
some really, really beautiful, beautiful truths to us. And I want to just recap a couple of those right now. Uh, Chris opened us up in Matthew 10, and he said that we, and we must surrender first to then get power on our lives. So, so beautiful. He said to travel light, pick up what God has called us to pick up. Lay down what God has called us to lay down. I want you to listen to this again. He said, we are all disciples and we are all apostles. We're not going to go into that, but we could spend six months on that one phrase, and it would be worth every single minute of our time. If the body of Christ were to get the revelation that we're all that we're all apostles, we would have reformation within six months in the United States. Period. I'm not exaggerating. That is significant truth. Heidi said this, we can trust our Father God with every detail. Praise the Lord. That God builds on what he has spoken in order to bring unity in the body of Christ. And that Jesus won, so I have won. And that Jesus waited for the Father to defend him, he did not defend himself. If you have not listened to the, the, the previous Whispers and Shouts message, I highly encourage you to go back. Because God is depositing riches of the knowledge of who he is in our midst. And I'm just, I'm so very, again, grateful to be here. My intent today is to stay in the same theme of, of Whispers and Shouts that's taking a core reality out of Matthew 10. That God whispers the knowledge of himself to us and he calls us to shout and proclaim in public places what he has said and who he is. The results of this adventure with our Father is that we will rule and reign with God as prophets, priests, and kings. And that principalities and powers are displaced as God's kingdom comes and his will is accomplished on the earth through you and through us. So let's look at a couple of verses of that. Revelation 5, 9 through 10 says this, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language, people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. 2 Timothy 2, 10 through 13, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, but who are those kings and who are those lords? I want to I offer to you that when it says that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, we who rule and reign with him, we are lords and kings with him. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, clothed in royalty. We are kings, we are queens, we are princes, princes, however you want to lay that out, that God is inviting us to rule and reign with him. Let me say this, I want to encourage us that our value and importance in the heart and mind of Jesus is far greater than what we think it is. That God loves us more than what we think he does. And his calling on our lives to rule and reign with him has implications far beyond what the limitations of our imagination can come up with. Your value in God is greater than what you understand. I'm saying that as in myself. I'm underneath it. I don't understand and I'm preaching. Right? We're, we know and we part, we prophesy in part. But when Jesus comes back, he's going to rule from Jerusalem. He's the prince of peace. He's going to create peace throughout all the nations of the earth. And he is calling you to reign with him, to establish regions and cities that are underneath his leadership and that live out the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. Now and in the age to come. He's calling us to do that here now, and that when he returns, he will enforce it throughout the nations of the earth. And I want to say this very clearly, nothing can stop him. Nothing can stop him. No one can hinder Jesus from coming back and making all things new. He has promised through his word, and he has shown throughout human history, he is faithful and true. And every single promise is yes and amen. This is our God. 
We bless you, Lord. So how does God train us to reign with Christ? What, what, is the, what is the roadmap to stepping into this invitation, knowing that many are called but few are chosen? Let's look at Matthew 10, 16. And this is one that Chris spent some time on. It says, Behold, Jesus spoke this over his apostles. I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And ever since Chris preached this, I, I have not been able to get off this verse. And so in it, I have a kind of a Craig Dawson meditative version that, that I, was, I was sitting on. This is, what the, uh, this is what I was praying through. Next slide. So behold, look out, pay attention, therefore watch. I am sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves, your disciples and your apostles sent out under our Father God's leadership into circumstances where you cannot defend yourself. So be wise as serpents, seek and attain, get the wisdom and the knowledge of God, insight for spiritual warfare, and be innocent as doves. Grow and abide in holy, devoted love for God and people in order to bear much fruit and disarm principalities and powers of the kingdom. Sheep cannot defend themselves against wolves. What's their strategy then? Stay close to the shepherd. We cling to our Father knowing that He is our defense. We don't attack wolves. We're sheep. We don't have any weapons. We cling to the shepherd who then defends us. That, that, that verse about uh, doves. Be innocent as doves, that the wisdom of God creates an innocence. The blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's Matthew 5. As we receive the knowledge of God, we see clearer. And then that dove language is related to, to devotion. Doves mate with one mate for life. So he's calling us into a, to a pure loyalty toward the Lord no matter what. But didn't Jesus first do this for us? This is what's so beautiful about God. God is not a hypocrite. Let's say it again. God is not a hypocrite. God would never call you to do something that he himself has not first already done. So when God is, is, is speaking over you and he's saying, go out as sheep among wolves, Jesus first did that for us. He lived out this life. He showed up, man, I just I love the Lord. He showed up, all he ever wanted to do was love people. All he ever wanted to do was see the captives set free. All he ever wanted to do was see the deepest longings of the human soul satisfied. He comes to serve and not to be served, and they crucified him for it. So when God's looking over the balcony of heaven and eternity, and he's looking at us, he's saying, come be like me. He's, he's called us into his life, but he first showed us the way. Thank God that we have the life of Christ and not just a set of moral teachings. Praise Jesus that he lived it. And then he said, by grace, I'm going to live it through you. And he invites us into something deeper. That's what he's doing this morning. So this is what Jesus did, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and in sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I'm going to have us repeat something a couple times here. Repeat this for, with me. Who for the joy that was set before him. Let's say that twice together. Who for the joy that was set before him. One last time. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And what was the result of this? Colossians 2.15, he disarmed rulers and authorities, put them to open shame by triumphing over them. So the disarming of principalities and powers, rules and authorities, the, the language there is if you're facing like an adversary that's in full armor, it's like a belt getting loosed off. To where once, once the belt is gone, the whole armor just falls off. There's no defense left. The, the, the principalities and powers, regional strongholds, demonic, demonic powers over strongholds literally had all of their defenses just lost and the Lord triumphed over them at the cross. It's, it, it, there is no war in, in, a, in a number of ways. Jesus has already won it, so we won, right? Like what Heidi said, right? 
He's disarmed them. Our job is to therefore be grateful and worship Jesus and stand in the finished work of what he did. And then the Lord is calling us to dismantle principalities and powers through surrender to him. So Jesus did this. Now, there's been people in the Bible and in history that have looked at his example and said, I want that in my life. Let's look at the Apostle Paul and his heart. Philippians 3, 10 through 11. Paul said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That was Paul's heart. He said, over everything else, anything else, I want to know him. I want to know Jesus, to intimately be near to him and to understand his heart. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. And right in the same vein, he says, I want to share his sufferings. We don't hear that very often in the American church in the West. But I want to say that this is the most joyful way to live. Let's keep looking at this. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. So his, that was his heart. Here's his ministry. He says this. When I came to you, brothers, did, I did not come proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of power. So your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Who this morning feels weak? Who this morning feels like trembling? I'm just trying to show up half the time. Guess what? You're qualified. You're qualified because of the place of surrender, knowing that you can't defend yourself. Knowing that all you have is a, a faith that, may, to be honest, is as small as a mustard seed. It's not very small. It's not very big. Mustard seeds are this small. I got a little bit, but I'm giving it to him. And the power of God breaks out in that response so that we're not resting on the wisdom of man. There are entire ministries that are built around the wisdom of man in our day, and it's causing us to lose power as the church. There's entire ministries that are built around preserving one person's gifting, and because we're, 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 we're relying on one person's gifting, we're not relying on the power of God. Happens all the time. And I'm not going to call out different churches. It's not, that's not our point here. But this is what, this is what we're trying to say. Stay, stay with me. I know, I know this is, I can, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. I'm like, oh goodness, this is, this is some very, these are the ancient past, the ways that are good and pleasing to the Lord. This is New Testament Christianity. And there's really, really good news. It's called good news for a reason, and we're getting there. So stay with me. So what did the fruit look like with, with no cell phones, no social media, no video recordings? This is what Paul was able to do. By the grace of God, Acts 17, 5 through 8. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to drag them out in the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason, some of the brothers before the city's authorities, shouting this, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them. They're all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying there's another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. This is the result that at, the, that at the, the preaching of Christ and him crucified, that entire regions came underneath the glory of the Lord. That ec economies were shaken. Governments were shaken. Religious systems were shaken at the knowledge of God that Jesus was king and he would return and he's coming back and you need to get right with him. When that came out of the mouth of the local church in the book of Acts, governments came underneath that word. And when we're so used to, we're so used to not experiencing the weight of the glory of the Lord that we've lost even a vision for having that back in the local church again. 
that there's an awe when the, when the word of God is spoken, that there's an awe that comes out into society, and we tremble underneath the weight of the glory of the Lord. It's called the manifest spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's a biblical concept. That, 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 that God who is crucified, that precious man, that Jewish carpenter from Nazareth, there was, hole, there was holes in his wrist, but the holes in his wrist, it was the Genesis 1 God who took on flesh. He spoke forth one word, let there be light, and galaxies and universes and stars and suns and moons came out of one word that proceeded from the mouth of Jesus Christ. That's who we serve. And the overwhelming power came as a baby and was born among us. Lived a perfect life. And then he has now opened his, his hands and his heart. He's saying, if you give me all of you, I'm going to give you all of me. That's salvation. This is so much more than not going to hell. We have, we have so dumbed down the gospel of you just, hey, you don't want to go to hell. Like, don't want to spend an eternity in, in fire, do you? Well, you better A, B, C, you know, admit, believe, commit. We, we, we've come so far down to the glory. And, but, but I want to say this very clearly. The Lord is restoring this ministry in the body of Christ. We are in an hour that from all sides the church is being pressured to be silenced. And the Lord is saying, church, come in to hear the whispers of the knowledge of God and to declare in public places who I am and who God is going to be. So here's our present day crisis and here's the cure. So the, so, so the question becomes, you know, well, that was the book of Acts. Where's the power today? Well, I just want to start that in Hebrews 13.8. It says this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not changed. Therefore, it would be logical that we've moved. We are the ones who've changed, not him. So this is, this is the, the crux. The number, this is my opinion. The number one reason the church of Jesus Christ is not moving in the same intimacy and authority the believers had in the book of Acts is direct, directly linked to a mindset of avoiding the cross. I'm just going to say that again so it sinks in a little bit. This is, this is a lot. I, I... The number one reasons the church of Jesus Christ is not moving in the same intimacy and authority the believers had in the book of Acts is directly linked to a mindset of avoidance of the cross. We have a Christianity that there's a book by a, a number one bestseller that every day is a Friday. And I'm not going to say who that is. And I believe God's using that person. I, I'm not here to throw stones. We, we have way too much of that going on in the body of Christ. But may, may I just gently say that are we building our ministries out of New Testament Christianity? Or are we not? There's always a reason for hope. There's always a reason to encourage there's always a reason to, to, to speak, you know, be, be encouraged, keep moving. We need that ministry in the body of Christ. But is that the center of the entire New Testament? And we've built ministries out of gifting very frequently rather than ministries based out of being conformed to the image of Christ. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it with me? And because we've doled it down and we've had a McDonald's Christianity where it's like, well, I'm just going to get whatever I want. I'm going to go through the drive-thru. I'm going I'm to get that, and it's going to come right to me, and I'm done. Because we have, we've lost the, 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 the awesomeness of God. I mean, when Moses came and the, the, the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed, that was awesome. When, when God came down on Mount Sinai and the mountain was filled with fire and lightnings and thunderings and trumpets, the, 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 it said that the ground shook beneath them. Two million Israelites and their, their ground was shaking as they were seeing the awesome display of the Lord. He's the same. But because we, we've, we've gone this way of saying, I'm just going to go what's easy. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know that, that the culture can handle the Bible right now. We avoided the cross. 
And I'm just going to say this real gentle. I'm, I'm, I'm like really happy with all of you. So my, my personality... My personality's intense. I get it. You're allowed. My, my, my wife, my precious, wonderful wife, is like, hey, just a little, you know, just, can you just take it down a couple notches? So please forgive the, pa- thank you, thank you. Please forgive the package that it's coming in. <laughs> I'm really happy, and I really love all of you. I really do. I'm like, I'm having a great time. This is a lot of fun. And the Lord's with us, right? The Lord's walking with us. Um, we, we avoid the embracing the cross. That could be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Some of you, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying this in a happy way. Some of you, some of you are supposed to come up and pray in, in the front when they give an invitation, but you're saying, I don't want to go because I don't want people to think badly of me. Maybe there's a cross that you should let happen in that. I, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'm just... It's one small example, but maybe that cross is you have to endure being accused by family. And you have to forgive. And you have to release that person when they've taken all of their resources to try and tear you down. And their family. And I I just want to say this about the leadership of this house. This this message could not be preached in 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 a church for not manifesting this. Your leadership are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Jesus alone is perfect. But your leadership is embracing the cross. And so the glory of the Lord that when we're worshiping, I mean, the presence of God this morning was <laughs> is wild. I mean, anything can happen kind of thing, right? I mean, but why is he here in that way? I want to say very clearly that the leadership is, is deferring to one another. Letting the Lord have his way. That's a vulnerable place, y'all. When you're a leader and you've pastored people and you've seen how sheep can do some things, releasing, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. The leadership is happy to do it. It's joyful. It's a real weightiness of, of, of what God's called them to do. So why, okay, so let me get back to my notes and wrap this up. Number one reason is that we're avoiding the cross. So why do we do that? What did Paul know? What did Jesus know that we don't? And I want to say it this. How, is, is, that, is that we already talked through it. Hebrews 12 too. It says that for the joy, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. So what is that joy? So Matthew 3.17. This is, this is Jesus who was obedient to his father. And he got baptized, and a voice came out of the heavens, and it said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not performed one sign or wonder at this point in his life. Jesus had not preached one sermon at this point in his life. And the Lord showed up, and he said, I love you for who you are. For, for everything that you that I've created you to be, it says in, in the Psalms that we're beautifully and wonderfully made. He did not make a mistake in any way. And then Jesus is baptized, and, and then he goes, and the Lord leads him into the desert to pick a fight with the devil, knowing that victory was on the other side of that confrontation. So it's the voice of the Father that affirms him, and that it gives strength to go into the warfare to see a victory get released. So, so that was Jesus, right? But what does that have to do with us? Everything. John 15, 9 through 11. This is going to change. Hear me, this is going to change some of your life. Your lives, some of those people in this room, this is your burning bush moment. I'm just prophesying that this is, this is going to change your, your, the course of your destiny in God. John 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. There it is. There it is. You can't get much clearer than that. What, you know, what is he saying? As the Father God 
has loved God the Son, right? As, as, the, as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus saying it, as God loves God, so has God, Jesus, loved you. In the same measure that the Father loves the Son, Jesus, is the exact same measure that he loves you and I. Oh, I can feel the Lord. Oh, I can feel the Lord. The exact same measure that the Father God loves Jesus, his Son, is the exact measure that he loves you. You are irreplaceable in the heart of God. You touch his heart in a way that no one else can. I'm here preaching a sermon. You're in your seats right now participating in that sermon. Who's loved more? We're loved equally. God doesn't love us based on gifting. (laughs) He doesn't love us based on the anointing. He doesn't love us based on our breakthrough. He doesn't love us based on where our body's at. He doesn't love us based on where our bank account's at. He doesn't love us based on what trials we're going through or tribulations we're enduring. He loves us because he's that good. Because he's chosen to. Because he looks over the balcony of heaven and he says, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with all my mind. Will you be able to receive it? Because even in receiving it, there's a cross. Because you can't add to that equation. He loves you because he's chosen to do it. And the cross and forgiveness is not only that you're forgiven, but he's brought you into a place of salvation that he enjoys you now. No matter what you're going through, no matter your brokenness, no matter your mental... Guys, when I was a teenager, I was mentally ill as a teenager. I have a couple mental illness days as an adult. But like... (laughs) the, the, The Lord loved me in the middle of my mental illness. He loves me in the middle of my struggle. He's not more in love with me right now when I'm preaching a sermon. This, what's, what's coming out right now is just a continuation of what was going on yesterday. It's not like a day of breakthrough, he loves me more. But what's happening is, is that the way that Jesus in obedience was baptized, when he stepped into obedience, he was able to see that love in a greater way. That's the difference. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus decided to receive the whispers of the Father's adoration of him. And that Jesus was able to take that and transform the world. Nobody has had more impact than Jesus. Nobody has changed human history the way Jesus has. And it came from hearing the whispers of his Father. How about you? Are you in a place in your life that you're hearing his whispers? I'm happy with you. I'm not angry. Because that, at the end of the day, this is what Christianity is about. I grew up in a denomination where it was about rules. If you did this, you are a good person. If you don't do that, you're a bad person. And when I heard the Lord say, I want you to preach, I'm like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, why? I don't like preachers. I don't like, like, listening to people. I'm bored. It's true. This was much younger Craig. So, but he told me something that changed my life. He said, Craig, what if it was about sharing something beautiful with someone else? Is there anything more beautiful than Jesus? Is there anyone like that man? And it's not just about like, I mean, you think about, and I'm, ra- I'm wrapping up here. You think about how, you know, we look to people, we're like, oh, man, I love, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, or I love, you know, Nelson Mandela. You look to these people who we get encouragement from, and, and, we, and we see their lives, but like, I can't, you know, he, they're dead. <laughs> like, they're dead. Like, I can't talk to that person. 
We look at Jesus, and, and he's the most wonderful man. And you can commune with him now and know him now and have him not only talk about his life and his word, but you can have him listen to him speaking into your pain and declaring value over you in your tears. You know, Heidi mentioned that she felt like she had a she Well, she didn't feel like she had a vision. I'm sorry. She had a vision where it, she's, she felt like a boxer in a ring, and the father was behind her speaking life over her. The, the reality that we can all have Jesus, and there's not a poverty spirit where it's like, well, if Chris is getting a lot of Jesus, well, I can't get that much because Chris has got an awful lot, and... You know, there, there's, we don't have to have that competitive thing. The, 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 the Father's arms are open. <laughs> They're open. We're all called to rule and reign. We're all called to visions and dreams. It may look different in different believers, but is your worth any less because you're not built like Chris? Absolutely not. You're loved at the same level and at the same measure as Jesus, as him, as everybody else. And this is what happens. When we get this, it breaks off competition. It breaks off fear. It breaks off hesitation. And we just say, God, you've got me. Your, your, your plan for me is better. And I don't know exactly what it is, but help me to say yes. Let's pray. I want you to close your eyes with me. Paul prayed in the Ephesian church. I believe it's chapter 3. He said, I'm praying for you that you would be strengthened to receive the heights and the widths and the depths and the lengths of his love. You need to know this by revelation. By revelation. I'm going to say it again. By revelation. I'm going to say a quick prayer. I would really appreciate it if you could repeat it after me. We're going to, I just want to, want to teach you something about entering into the presence of the Lord. It's very short, but just I want, to, I want to encourage you to open your mouths and just repeat after me. Jesus, I come before you right now by faith through your blood. And I enter into the Holy of Holies. Just stay there. If you're feeling the presence of the Lord, just underneath your breath, just thank Him. Ask him for more. He's here. Thank you, Jesus. The mystery made known by revelation. The mystery made known by revelation. Come, that we ask you that, that in the glory the riches, the riches of the knowledge of God. More, Lord. More, Lord. Love the know out of us. Love the know out of me. the father of lights in whom there's no shadow of turning let light wash us let the voice of our father declare over us my beloved children and who I am well pleased you're his
couple more minutes. We'll transition in just a moment. Stick with it. Tell him that you love him. Thank you for dying for us, Jesus. Thank you for loving us to the end. Jesus, right now, Father, I ask you, God, that you would release a breaking in of the power of the spirit of truth. Now, in the name of Jesus, accusations to be silenced, voices that are not in agreement with your your voice, silenced in the name of Jesus, God, like a wind right now in the name. In the name of Jesus, like a wind, we pray. Stir the angelic realm. God, release new angels, God, to be assigned to your body. Release a breaking in of the river of God that would wash us from being defined by this world. And we pray this morning a prophetic anointing to be defined by the kingdom in the name of Jesus, to be defined by the voice of a loving Father. And in Jesus' name, God, break hopelessness in the name of Jesus. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future, plans to do you good and not harm. He's got it figured out. Lord, release God a grace of surrender like never before. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, joy of the Father's heart for you that would release a resiliency in warfare. pray one last thing. I want to pray over women. I just feel his heart for women. The Lord, the, the, the dev, devil is very angry that women are not silenced in this church. And I just want to say in the name of Jesus, we just, we just, we bind that religious spirit that, that loves to silence women. I want, one of the main weapons that the devil has is he silences women. I, we break in the name, in the name of Jesus, as a, as a body, as a body in unity, we break that religious demon's influence over 214. And in the church of Peoria, in the name of Jesus, God, right now, release a breaking in of freedom for the women of this church. God, raise an army. Raise up an army right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, like, a, like tongues of fire, like a fresh Pentecost, we pray that you would loose a prophetic anointing upon your daughters, God, in this house. You said in Joel 2, and you said in Acts 2, that the Spirit would come and that the sons and the daughters would prophesy. We ask you in Jesus' name, the whispers of the Father that would release a declaration and that Jezebel would have no voice and no influence in this city in the name of Jesus. We ask you for regional breakthrough for what the women of this church have suffered with. In Jesus' name, we pray, Father, the way that they have suffered well, they've loved well, they've worshipped well, they've remained grateful, and they've said yes. God, I pray there will be a regional breakthrough because of the women in this church. Now, in the name of Jesus, release an outpouring of the glory of the Lord. And I pray, Father, that there would be a stirring up of fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. David said this, he said in the Psalms, you, you exalt my horn like that of a wild ox and you anoint my head with oil. God, we ask you for the authority, the authority of the Lord to break in upon women in this congregation in the name of Jesus that would be transferable like a wildfire. In the name of Jesus, everywhere they go, God, salvation and healing and deliverance is breaking out. And you're, you're aligning people, Lord Jesus, with your vision, with your will, with your purposes. And that there would be a baptism of love like never before to forgive those who hurt us and to bless those who persecute us. We surrender to you and we give you all the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Isn't he beautiful? His spirit is very sweet right now. Song of Solomon, it says that he brings us into his banqueting table. That's where where we are right now. He's invited you to his table. And his banner over us is love. You You can feel his love right now. Right before... 
Craig got up to preach, I we were singing and I had a vision and it was the father. And if you don't have an earthly father that's ever done this to you, it might be a little hard to picture. But picture someone that you really, a man that you really, really love that is gentle and kind and good. Picture that person and then picture that person running as fast as he can towards you with his arms as wide as they could possibly be. And I had that vision and I went over and shared it with Craig and he is running towards us yes. with his arms wide open yes. as we're running towards him yes. and just that embrace that comes and that protection and that that joy and that love that happens in that embrace. And it was such a beautiful picture um, before Craig got, Craig got up to preach on, on that. It's beautiful. So good. He's such a good shepherd. Such a good shepherd. Well, one of the things that we felt really strongly needed to happen today um, are testimonies. And, you know, the Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when we testify, he's putting what he's done, his, his voice in our voice, and we testify of what he's done. And that verse in Revelation means that what he's done in the past, he's going to do again. That's why testimonies are so important. Revelation 12 says that we overcame the evil one. We overcome the evil one these three ways, with the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross, which is so essential, what Craig preached this morning. That is the gospel. And then the second thing is the word of our testimony. And so we're going to open it up yeah. for some testimonies and come into agreement with what God is doing in this body, in yes. this region, and then... What, what's, what it's going to do is going to spark something in your life. And you'll be like, I need that. That's what I need. There's something so powerful when you come into agreement together. You can come into agreement over sinful things, over demonic things. You can come into agreement yes. over things of the spirit of God too. Yes. And so I, you know, we get to hear a lot of the testimonies because of our position in this church, but sometimes not everyone gets to hear yeah. them all. And so we were like, man, we got to shout at the end of this series. We got to shout Absolutely. what God is doing. Yes. So we're going to actually ask you all to share your testimonies. And I know there's some of you out there that are just itching to, you cannot wait. So raise your hand if that's you. I know they're out there. I see my pal Jason back yes, here. I was already Jason. coming for you, Jason. I was coming for you. You ready? Okay, stand up. All right, a lot of you probably noticed me already. I usually have a crutch or a cane, and lately I haven't been using those. Um, in 2003, I joined the Army, and in 2006, I went over to Iraq. At the first part, uh, first six months, fine. I got bombed a lot, but I was okay. In 2007, at the first part of 2007, I had to shoot a child. And I shot the child with a uh, machine gun, and it was not good. And then we shot the father too, because the father told us, or told him to come to us because we had candy and the child had a vest on. He had a bomb vest and I made the decision that the child was already dead no matter what we did and I was gonna save our truck my men were gonna live so I did what I did and I was very upset I was very angry at God and later during that same deployment I got hit with a mortar it gave me epilepsy I've got damage in my brain sorry I'm shaking and um, it broke my back, it severed part of my nerve, which is why I had trouble walking. I was very angry. I figured I deserved it, you know. But um, I stopped going to church. And I stayed angry. But eventually, there was a day I woke up one morning. Um, Hunter's my roommate. And he was coming here to 214. And I just asked him, hey, can I come with you? And I did. And I thought at first I was going to just burn in brimstone when I stepped in here. But like Lyle likes to say, I caught fire in a different way. <laughs> My faith caught fire and it's been growing ever since. I've been turning over everything to Jesus, and I'm healing. 
the swelling has gone down in my spine, my spinal cord, and I'm able to walk again. I still have days where I can't, but we're making it, and Jesus is healing me. He's healing me with God's grace. So that's, that's basically it. Well, and he's not just healing your body. He's healing your mind. He's healing, he's healing all the parts of you. Yes. I'm so proud of you. Can we give a shout to the Lord? Okay, that was very courageous. Who's ready to stand on Jason's courage and share next? It can be something little. Up here, here we go, Crystal. Um, so when I came here, Craig and I have been trying for children, and we were unsuccessful. And doctors would look at me and tell us that you just are your womb is closed, and you're just going to have to look at another option of having children. Um, came to, came here and asked for prayer, and. We found out that there is a tumor in my uterus and it was just sucking everything out and blocking everything and asked for prayer and when the when I went back to the doctor the doctor looked at the tumor and said that tumor is completely dead what happened and told him the power of prayer the tumor was able to remove and now we have, I have a working uterus <laughs> And here we go. <laughs> Praise Jesus. So good. So now we're praying for a baby. Yes. Somebody lay hands on that woman. Pray a baby. Who else? There's a couple more. Come on, Chris. I always say I'm not going to do this and then and then I do it. Um, been coming here for maybe two months. Um, don't know why. I was at Leah and Caleb's house one night, and they invited me to church. And three years ago, I actually turned away from God, said I want nothing to do with him. Um, I have been in a same-sex relationship for three years, um, got married, currently going through a divorce, and um, God's just been convicting me, uh, just putting little things like people in my life and um, what was it three weeks ago I on a, on a breakthrough night it seemed everyone said that was a crazy night because the Lord was just moving uh, I gave my life to Christ um, um, and he's still doing crazy things I'm I, it's hard um, if you've ever struggled with same-sex attraction it's so freaking hard um, cutting people out of my life and telling people what, why I'm doing things. And they're starting to be like, well, maybe I need to look into this. So um, it's been a hard week. And just being here today, I just feel um, rejuvenated. And I feel um, God's promising me healing. We were singing earlier, and I just had my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could see a family with a wife and kids one day, and I just, <laughs> and honestly, I'm scared um, because I've never felt anything like that. I've never felt a promise like that. I had to write it down, and I felt like I had to tell you guys because if I didn't, it would come true. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at in my life. So good. So good. I saw you looking at me. <laughs> I heard the whisper. Um, I'm touching on this actually in a living room night, actually in April, but in a shortened version of it, um, I moved to Morton a couple of years ago. I was renting a home that was blessed to me in the moment. Um, and four months into it, something horrible happened. And it was straight from the devil. And I had to live there for another year and a half. 
um, and be there every day that this awful thing happened. And I could not wait to get out of there. <laughs> um, and in January, I had started the pre-approval process. And actually before that, at a collective night, the women there prayed over me to you know, receive a new home or feel the presence of God in that current home. And in January of this year, I started the pre-approval process and just looked at this, these things. And um, I actually closed on a new house in Pekin in February, and now I'm living in a new home that God provided for me. So good. Okay, one more. Hello. Um, so a long time ago, I struggled from depression and anxiety, and I have been radically healed from that. And I want to let you guys know that radical healing is a very much thing. It's so real, and it can happen to any one of you guys. So, yeah. So good. So good. So we could go, we could go on and on, but th this is what the Father wants to do right now. If one of those testimonies touched you and you, you're, you're feeling the whisper right now from the Holy Spirit and you say, that's me, I, I want that healing, I want that breakthrough, I need that healing, I need that breakthrough, I need that in my life, if that's you, I want to invite you up to the altar right now. And what we're going to do, because all of God's promises are yes and amen, if he's showing you something right now, I want you, there's something happens when you step into his promises. Physically, Joshua 1.3 says this, every place that your foot treads on is a place that he's given to you. And there's something that happens when you physically and spiritually step into a promise that he says, yep, my blood already paid for that, but now you're stepping into that promise. You're coming into obedience. So if that's you, just come forward right now. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your mind, if you've never come to meet this man, Jesus, before, that's the gospel. He's, in, he's inviting you right now. If you've, if you've run like the prodigal son and, and you've, you're there and you're, you're trying to do the things of this world and it tastes like pig slop, the things that the pigs are fed, I see that's what the world, the world has this allure that it's all, it's grass that's spray painted. It's not real. And you all of a sudden you wake up, I just pray, Jesus, wake people up to the fact that they're in the pig pen, but the father hasn't gone anywhere. The father's waiting for you to come home again, just like Chris. Chris with a K that God loves so much. The father is so in love with him. He's so in love with you. If you know somebody that's that's up here, I just invite you to come and lay your hands on them. This is a moment of breakthrough. The Father is calling each of us home. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. As much of him as you want. You can eat from that banqueting table. He's such a good father. He's such a good shepherd. He's the healer. He's the provider. He's the one that defends you and corrects you with his rod and his staff. He's just looking for sheep to just submit to him. Jesus, you are our master. You are our teacher. We bow so low before you right now. And we've heard your testimonies of what you've done in the past, what you're doing right now in this church, in this region, and we say more, Lord. We say we will shout these things that you're doing in every heart from the rooftops so all of Peoria will be saved. You're calling us gently back to yourself. 
not here to punish us. You're only here to love us. So, Father, we receive your grace that you're pouring out grace upon grace upon grace. Do things right now in every heart that only your Holy Spirit can do. Release both peace and fire. Baptize these with fire, Father. Father. 